Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. It's 134 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you. Japanese Village, open to serve you at any one of their five Edmonton and area locations with Alberta Steak. They've got seafood as well, cooked right at your table. Reservations now available. Go online at jvedmonton.ca. You know, everything in the world right now is kind of upside down. Case in point, Champions League being played as we are playing, uh, you know, with the return to play at the NHL. And two of the biggest club sides on the planet are going at it, including Alfonso Davies and Bayern Munich, who have been unbelievable this year. And uh, they're currently up. Uh, spoiler alert, if you, I don't know, would you PV? You can't PVR this, so you've got to have, uh, what's it called, the zone? Anyways, uh, Brendan Escott, how about this tweet? Uh, we're not allowed to swear here. Barcelona's defense is shambolic, really, really incredibly woeful. It is 4-1 Bayern Munich. They're not even at the uh, uh, at, at halftime yet, so Bayern Munich's just been fantastic. But this is, Brendan, these are two of the five biggest sports teams on the planet playing and Lionel Messi and Barcelona appear to be uh, going down and right now the best left back in the world might be Alfonso Davies. You got your eye on this one, Brendan? Yeah, I sure do and I'll tell you what, Bob, it's a 4-1 game but Bayern actually scored the one for Barca as well on an own goal so, uh, you know, we've talked a little bit about how ironic it is that Leon's here in Edmonton and, and playing hockey at the highest level and yet you look out into to Germany and you see Alfonso Davies starting in the biggest game of the year for arguably the biggest club in the world that's pretty damn impressive too yeah it's an interesting one and uh well there's no bigger soccer fan than our next guest jack michaels joining us on orders now my broadcast partner how you doing jack what oh sorry i nodded off there what what were you talking about (laughs) we were talking about champions league and bayern munich and barcelona I, i had fallen into a deep sleep i uh the last I remember you is welcome back to Oilers now, and then there was a lull there. I, maybe the subject matter. I don't know. I just I fell asleep. Sorry. I'm back. Well, now. it was Jack. It was either that or talking about the upcoming and pending uh, U.S. Uh, election. Well, yeah, that that is one that uh, I, I think all of us would like to pretend isn't going on. <laughs> I got to admit, Jack. I didn't think it'd be this bad. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm ready to, I'll, I will see any year you can think of, Bob, and I'll trade 2020 for it. How's that work? I'm just saying, with when we when we flew out of Pittsburgh after the first time McDavid played Grosby in 2016, the night of the U.S. federal election, I was kind of like a, a show, uh, you know, a television show host on a, you know, a talent competition going, I'm not sure how this is going to end up, but it's going to be pretty entertaining. I didn't think it'd quite end up like this <laughs> for, for the United States. Uh, anyhow, that's a whole other story. Uh, and I didn't think it was going to end up for the Edmonton Oilers the way it ended up against the Chicago Blackhawks. You've had a week to digest. Give me your thoughts and feelings on what happened in the, uh, in the play-in series. 
you know, I think we we talked about it a little bit last week in a more condensed scenario. I think at the end of the day, uh, you know, Chicago made just enough of the little plays that Edmonton didn't make uh, to string together an, enough for victory. I mean, you take a look at, at some of the things that, that went right for the Oilers. I mean, uh, you know, they, they score on the power play. Uh, they were able to score, you know, fairly often in this series. Uh, they played a goaltender that had a sub-900 save percentage. They played a relatively quiet or so it would seem, you know, Patrick Kane. But almost Kane's game is a perfect microcosm of the series. You look at it, I think he had, what, a goal and three assists or something, and you think, oh, he was quiet, he didn't do much. But then you look a little deeper and you, you, you see how much he had the puck and how much when he had the puck, it meant Edmonton's top players didn't have the puck. And those are the little things that I think escape, you know, even the best analytics out there. Uh, the eye test told you that ultimately Edmonton was a club that arrived at that series thinking about winning and moving on, and Chicago was a club arriving at that series thinking about playing just enough decent playoff hockey to win, and they did. They they thought about the game, and I think Edmonton at times was, was thinking about winning and, and, move, and building their game, but you know that's there there's the first step and and the little plays the little battles along the end boards uh from guys that were you know otherwise somewhat quiet during a particular game uh that ultimately made the difference and and really i i think it you know it's unfair to single out ethan bear but that that last little battle that was won by Taves and lost by Edmonton, kind of a microcosm of the series. I don't think Jonathan Taves had dominated the game by any stretch of the imagination. The Oilers, uh, particularly in Game 4, I think, took the play to Chicago. But with 10 minutes to go in a tie game, it was Chicago that made the play and not Edmonton. And I think that went for most of the series. The biggest thing is... The, the, one of the first statistics you and I talked about as we were racket, wrapping up our exhibition series is in that best of five, how often the game one victor uh, turned out to be the series victor. Yeah. And you can't, in a best of five series, you can't just give a team one. And I think if you talk to anyone associated with the Orders sure. organization, they tell you they weren't ready to play in game one. So they basically just spotted Chicago, of all teams, the game. In a best of five, that is hard to overcome. Jack, if I had told you on July 31st that the Oilers and the Hawks would play a four-game series, McDavid would have nine points, Nuge would have eight, and Dry Settle would have six. What kind of money would you have put on Edmonton to win the series? I, I, I absolutely would have picked Edmonton in four. And it's not like they didn't have anyone else who scored. I think James Neal had three goals in the series. Like, it's not... You know, I don't even look at the secondary scoring or, or anything along those lines. I, I just ultimately think that Chicago made just enough, you know, little plays, you know, screens in front, you know, down a goal with six minutes to go in game three. You know, it's not like Edmonton played a poor third period. The Blackhawks probably had two or three chances in the entire period, but they went in. And you could say it's luck or they didn't get the bounces. But ultimately, it's still a game where, you know, and, and a series where you look at that series 
And I have a hard time saying that Edmonton deserved to win because Chicago made some subtle plays and just, like I said, you know, Patrick Kane, at first I was thinking, geez, it's a shame to, it's a shame to lose the series to Chicago when, when Patrick Kane didn't necessarily have an impact. And, and then I started thinking about it. Well, well, Jack, that's too simplistic. Like just because he didn't have a lot of points doesn't mean he had a, you know, didn't have a major impact in the series. And then I started thinking about all the times you and I were talking about how, you know, Patrick Kane is just dragging the puck back and forth in the offensive zone. Sure, he's not scoring or setting up anyone, but he has the puck and the others don't. And I think it's, it's the accumulation of little things like that that ultimately spelled the end for Edmonton. And, and as an Oilers fan, you just hope that uh, this is, you know, what, what you and I's parents used to say to us all along growing up. You know, whenever you and I would make a mistake growing up and, and that generation of kids, and, of course, I'm a half a generation behind you, but we always heard, what do we hear from our parents? Lesson learned. And and hopefully there was a lesson that was learned. I'm not even sure what it is, Bob, but I hope Edmonton picked up something. Uh, I used to hear, hey, dummy, you did it again. We are joined right now. <laughs> we are joined right uh, now by... you too hard on them. I'm sure they were nicer than that. Okay, we're joined right now by... Uh... Oilers Radio Network play-by-play voice as well as Oilers Now International Soccer Pundit Jack Michaels here. Uh, Jack, uh, all right, so you've had a week to decompress. How different do you think the team is going to look? When, when, and we don't know when we're playing. Let's just establish that. There are some people out there, Jack, that don't think we're going to have a season in 2021 because of the pandemic. But let's just operate under the context that we think we're going to be playing, you know, January 1st, uh, you know, uh, for the 2021 season. Uh, give me a riff, uh, you know, how significant do you think the changes are going to be? Well, I asked, you know, Ken Holland kind of sort of to describe what he thought was missing that's already within the room that can be developed and what he thinks he's missing that's outside the room, if he had already decided that. And it sounded like he had, but now go about it and go about it, you know, with basically a flat cap. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, I think he's going to be looking to add two or three more professionals as he as he you know i mean that sounds really basic but what i think he means is i think there's going to be another couple of pieces of similar skill sets to a to a josh archibald type Uh, that's what i think he's going to go out and get probably one on defense and a couple up front is is what i think he's going to be looking for uh guys who can skate guys who've played either you know professionally in Europe for a number of years or who've played a couple of hundred games in the National Hockey League proven pros that's what I think he's going to be able to add I think he I think he sees something in the additions that he brought in with respect to Nyquist and or excuse me Nygaard and and uh, Haas and Archibald and Shane and I think he's going to be looking to add two or three of those pieces because it, you know, it's quite possible, for instance, Shan's the one who's not signed for next year. It's quite possible he might leave. And I don't think he wants to, you know, start getting into wholesale, you know, well, subtract five, bring in five. But I think he'll look to add a couple of more seasoned pros. And I think, to be honest with you, part of that is to prevent what happened in this first round series is I think he believes that if you keep adding pros 
who know what it takes to stay in the league and thrive in the league, that you're less likely to make the kind of errors that cost Edmonton the series against Chicago. Jack, uh, final question for you on this one, uh, and it just pertains to a wrap-up the qualifiers. What was the biggest surprise? Uh, Pittsburgh losing to the Canadians? Montreal. Montreal, absolutely. And you know what? The Canadians are up 2 nothing on Philadelphia last I looked. They're all over them. The, the shots, Philly didn't get a shot in the first 16 minutes of the game. Yeah, and Montreal's doing it a di- different way than they did in the Pittsburgh series. But, you know, as we've talked about, Bob, in, in game four, I mean, Pittsburgh didn't have much punch. I mean, maybe Montreal's, you know, pl- you know, bought into a team concept, all those cliches. But, you know, maybe they're, they're a little bit better than we thought. I, you know, Pittsburgh mustered 22 shots. Most people have said, ah, Pittsburgh quit. Pittsburgh died. But, you know, Montreal's now making Philadelphia look extremely bad. And the Flyers, of course, I believe have won 13 of 14. Have they not coming yes. into this game or 14 yes. of 15? Yes. So, it, you know, I would still say Montreal's the biggest surprise because I really thought Pittsburgh had a had a championship-caliber roster, and I know you did too because you picked I them did. to go to the final. I picked so them I'm, to go to the final. Yeah, stunned. I'm, I'm absolutely uh, stunned uh, they're not here. And now it's incumbent upon Montreal to prove it wasn't a four-game fluke. And they're well on their way to getting a split with Philly to open this series. Jack, appreciate the time. We'll talk next week. Have a great weekend, partner. You bet. That is Jack Michaels from the Oilers Radio Network. There's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. You know what? Customer service. That is important as well. Brent Ridge Ford Wetaskiwin is a nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. They'll provide you with an outstanding uh, service experience at the time of the purchase and continue that standard after the sale as well. Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, they're Oilers fans, and they're out at Brent Ridge Ford, and they can lend a hand by calling them at one 477 They've got all of the uh, requisite safety protocols in place out at Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin. Cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. You can also visit them at BrentRidge.com. 148 in Edmonton. We'll get to the Oilers now. Injury report for James H. Brown. Injury lawyers as well as this day in Oilers history when we return on Oilers Now. Hi, this is Jajar Kara from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Always liked Jajar Kara, nice guy. Uh, those BC Interior kids, uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Jujar, kind of hang together. Uh, let's do this. Let's tell you the best pizza in the city. Still making a great Royal Pizza, multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you, including the original Royal Pizza in Old Strathcona. Royal Pizza has been Edmonton-owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza offers curbside pickup and takeout options for a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The stopper recommendation at Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. Off we head to the orders now. Injury report. For James H. Brown, injury lawyers. Uh, Trent Brown, of course, all-star safety for what was then the Edmonton Eskimos, now the EE Football Club. Uh, was a terrific player at the University of Alberta as well, part of the 1993 Grey Cup team. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Back in the 630 Chad Studios, the one and only.
Brendan Escott. Just before we jump into that, I want to mention too, uh, Craft Hockeyville, last day to vote is tomorrow. I believe it ends at 4 o'clock, uh, 4 o'clock Chad time. And uh, Penn Saskatchewan is the only town west of Quebec that's qualified for this. So go cast your vote accordingly. Uh, as far as NHL injuries go, Matthew Kachuk leaving last night's game with what looked like a head injury. He was sandwiched by uh, Jamie Benn and Jamie Alexiak, left on spaghetti legs, did not return, listed as a game-time decision. Flames forward Austin Zarnick left the bubble uh, in Edmonton to attend to a family matter. The team says they won't comment further. And Lightning head coach John Cooper says that Steven Stamkos is rehabbing an injury and that's all he's able to disclose. The captain considered out indefinitely. Yeah, something's been off on that whole situation for a while with Stamkos for a couple years. All right, let's go to uh, the text line, the Ashley Fine Floors text line 7804960063. I got uh, three and a half minutes to bang in as many as I can. Herm, who years ago worked for the uh, Saskatoon Blades in the WHL, says, Bob, I believe that any player that Ken Holland brings in needs to have a strong leadership component quality. Toughness with attitude is needed big time, specifically near the end of the season, leading itself into the playoffs. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the playoffs. Um, Another texter comes in out of Edmonton saying, Edmonton forgot what it was like to be in the playoffs. The Chicago Vets still remembered. Also, Chicago knew from the regular season that they could beat Edmonton in a four-game series. Um, They won a 2-3 against Edmonton during the regular season, uh, both in Chicago and both at the end of Oilers' road trips where the Oilers had gone undefeated. Edmonton started the year in New York, won the first, after winning the first two games at home. They then went to New York, won the first three games on the road. They were 5-0. and The Hawks were reeling at that time, and the Hawks won that game. And from that point forward, Edmonton and Chicago actually had the same record because Chicago got off to a board start and uh, the Oilers got off to the hot start. The second time we went into Chicago, which was actually the last Oilers road game that the team played uh, before the qualifier, uh, Edmonton had won back-to-back games. Drysaddle had the four goals against Nashville, and they squeaked out a 2-1 victory where Chason scored the GWG and OT. And so the Oilers were 2-0 and on that trip and were awful in the first period and a half. There was something about that matchup against Chicago um, and uh, did they forget about uh, what it was like to be in the playoffs? Maybe. Uh, Certainly all form uh, okay all form of uh, questioning is is understood. Steve, I I just got a text about uh, the curriculum for school moving forward. I don't think that was intended to be for our show. Steve has texted us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, excellent perspective from Al May today. Understanding your role and identity as a team, great segment. Well, I I would suggest that there were some guys that uh, and he adds, I guess I was disappointed in Cass and he's a fan favorite of mine uh, because he was spectacular in 2017 17. He, uh, we know he's got game. And again, uh, actually, it was two separate coaches that worked with Zach Cassian as a Oilers, um, as an Oilers. Both said the same thing to me that Cassian's a guy that maybe missed the, you know, that energy that the fans bring uh, the most. To this day in Oilers history, and it's a, a bit of a, a, a sad one. So, Brendan Escott, what do you got? 
Back in 2018, Oilers amateur scout Frank J passed away. He spent two seasons in the Oilers organization, but accumulated more than 40 years as an amateur scout. He was 67. Yeah, he was one of the Ontario-based guys. Uh, Oilers GM gets the final text of the day. It says, Bob, Almay would make a great assistant coach. Regarding the 14th pick, I'd give up the 14th overall for Mer- uh, Uh Merzlikens or Corpusella won't both be exempt from the exam- uh, expansion draft so one of them could be had. Maybe package something and get Josh Anderson as well. Agree or disagree from Oilers GM. The only way you're getting a goaltender like that and Josh Anderson is if you're trading Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And I will say, uh, I do think that Merzlichkins is a is a legitimate, uh, pretty good goaltender. I don't think there's any debate about that. A little bit of a tweak right now, represented by Jerry Johansson out of Edmonton. Reed Wilkins has inside sports. Is it a fluid show tonight, Brennan? Or it what sure you- is. Okay, there you go. Uh, Coming up on Monday, NHL insider John Shannon. Kevin Weeks will join us from the NHL Network. From Silent Ice Sports and Entertainment, uh, longtime Oilers PR man, J.J. Hebert, to talk about a new opportunity that he has with that organization. Uh, Reed will make an appearance as well. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by a simulcast of CHQR 770 with Angela Cocott. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.